0: I'm Roy Lee Lindsay with the North Carolina Pork Council, and I want everyone to remember, bacon makes everything better.
1: Welcome back to the ACC tip-off event in Charlotte, North Carolina. We welcome R.J. Davis to the David Glenn Show here on the North Carolina Sports Network. I can't believe I haven't asked you this question until you're a senior. But when your last name is the same as the head coach's last name, do you get any of that? Well, he treats you differently, like he's your son type stuff. No, not really. But uh, I do get a
2: lot of like, oh, he's like, is he like your uncle or something? <laughs> but um, nah, it's kind of cool just to have you know my last name and his last name be the same. So.
1: Your journey here has been amazing in some ways and a roller coaster in other ways, right? How do you put into words experiencing both the stunning run to the national championship game two years ago, and yet a massive disappointment Mm -hmm. going from preseason number one to missing the tournament entirely the second year?
2: Well, I mean, I think my path is it was destined the way it was and set up the way it was just because. I think that's my journey and you know, I think that's what you know, God has set for me, but just in terms of, you know, going to a national championship run, probably like the greatest feeling I ever felt, like basketball period, and just in terms of uh, the following year, last year, not having the year that we wanted to, I just feel like that's something that, you know, was needed, you know, it's just like a little bit of a humbling experience, and to kind of take a step back a little bit and reflect, and then come back stronger next year.
1: I don't know how your AAU or high school ball worked, but a lot of times you get to grow up with guys your own age. They're your teammates. Mm-hmm. This is a different animal, right? This is a sport with 13 scholarship players, and you said goodbye yeah. to seven outgoing transfers and mm-hmm. then two guys who went on to professional basketball. Can you build closeness and togetherness and chemistry in a really compressed period of time? Yeah, I mean, I think.
2: That's what's been so great. Um, you know, it's definitely hard to say goodbye to the, you know, the guys that you came into college with. You yeah. know, because those are relationships and you know a brotherhood that's that's gonna go beyond basketball and beyond our time at UNC. But I think what made us our chemistry so good so far was what the new guys have made it easier for us. Especially you know the, the returning players, um, they came in with open arms and uh, a personality that's you know fit the locker room. It's a vibe that's different but it's a good difference, and uh, that's something that I've definitely been impressed by, and it's definitely something that's been
1: um, going well for us. I know you guys are looking forward, but one more question about the past. Um, Caleb Love was quoted as saying he was hurt by the way his exit interview went with Coach Davis. You're roughly the same age. You guys spent a lot of time together, ups Mm -hmm. and downs. How do you describe to those who are not in your locker room um, what went right, what went wrong, and, you know, why it just felt like it needed to be him getting a fresh start somewhere and you guys moving on without him?
2: Well, I mean, I think, you know, like you said, like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all kids, and we're all, you know, trying to figure our lives out and trying to figure things out. And I think sometimes it can be a mental toll. Um, And I think, you know, change is sometimes needed, uh, you know, for both sides. And I know Caleb, like, like, that's like my brother to me and forever will be. Uh, You know, we were college college roommates before, you know, COVID started to spike up, me and him and Dayron, so, um, and we went to national championship together, so, um, that's something that's going to go beyond UNC and uh, stuff like that, but I think uh, change is sometimes needed, uh, and I know for for us and for the players that have left, they're going to be
1: great wherever they are,
2: just because of who they are as a human being and who they are as an athlete.
1: Earlier today you mentioned competitive edge, uh, you mentioned grit mm-hmm. as things that maybe you didn't have enough of as a team a year ago. What newcomers uh, have shown those things? Mm-hmm. And where does that show up? Are you talking about grit in games, Are you talking about grit in practice, grit when the coaches aren't around? You know How do you build that in the right direction? I think it's a mix of the ball. <laughs> in games, in practice,
2: coaches not around, open gym, um, I think it's because They're all coming with a chip on the shoulder. They're all coming with a mindset and mentality of, like, they want to win and they're doing whatever it takes to win. And I think that's what's special and what's needed. Uh, You know, I think they're all ready to fulfill their role. And um, I think this would be something great for us because, you know, sometimes that competitiveness is needed and it pushes one and each other to
1: to go to that limit and go above that. So um, I'm here for it. As we let you go, R.J. Davis of UNC here on The David Glenn Show. I'm just curious, like, man to man. I'm I'm about six feet tall. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I'm looking you eyeball to eyeball. I don't have nearly the skill that you have. But in my normal life, I feel like a normal-sized dude. I even feel somewhat tall sometimes. And when I come to events like this, I feel tiny. This is your world all all the time, man. So what's it like going into the paint? I guess if you're walking around campus and you feel like a big dude, but yeah, if I mean, you're driving in the paint, around, you feel small?
2: <laughs> I mean, if I'm walking around campus and if I'm just, like, by myself or, like, uh, a teammate my size, I feel fine. But if I'm walking around, like, Mondo, like, Jay Witt, it's just, like, annoying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but going into the paint, I think uh, I have confidence going in they I know I'm going to
1: make the layup or I know I'm going to make the tough finish. So um, I'm definitely able to finish amongst the trees. That's a great phrase. Might be a broadcaster someday. You're a lot of fun to watch as a player, and I appreciate your time today on the David Glenn Show. Appreciate it for having me. Thank you. You you got it. R.J. Davis of the
3: University of North Carolina, back for a possibly super senior season. The original Saltworks has been serving the Wilmington area for over 50 years. Owner Bob Hubbard and his staff create a welcome atmosphere to go along with their home-cooked breakfast and lunch that simply cannot be rivaled anywhere in North Carolina. Eggs, waffles, hot dogs, crab cakes, and the best grits in the state. The original Saltworks, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Back here at the ACC tip-off event in Charlotte, one of the biggest personalities in
1: the Atlantic Coast Conference is joining us now on the David Glenn Show here on the North Carolina Sports Network. D.J. Burns, Jr., of the NC State Wolfpack. He was the Big South Player of the Year two years ago at Winthrop and obviously had a huge immediate impact on the Wolfpack as the pack went to the NCAA tournament a year ago. DJ, welcome to the David Glenn Show, how are you? Doing well, thank you for having me. It's great excited to be here. It's great to have you, we're excited to chat with you. You look great. So I know you might not want to put a number on it, but give us an idea of like when you were your biggest what might that number have been like and what did you do to be this more slim version of yourself
4: yes sir Um, that number was definitely closer to 300 than i would have liked it to be Um, but just um cutting out things like minimizing all bread intake Um, i haven't drunk a soda since my season ended last year after that tournament Um, and just doing everything that i can to make sure that i'm working out i've been in the gym so much more than any year i've ever played basketball and um, just making sure that it's more focused on things that we need to be successful.
1: I have covered this league, believe it or not, for 37 years, and you have this infectious personality that we don't see all that often. Does it come from mom, dad, family? Were you that way at like six and eight and ten, or is it? did you kind of come out of your shell a little bit as an older guy? Uh, I would
4: say I'm a spinning image of my mother. Um, she is the most outgoing person I know and One of the brightest personalities, and I naturally just picked up on that living with her every day.
1: You're going to pick up a personality. My sister's the same way. (laughs) Kevin Keats says that you might be the mayor of Raleigh, North Carolina by the time this is all done. Um, Share just how you've, obviously there's a basketball element to your time in Raleigh, but it feels like there's just this human element where a whole community has embraced you as a person, even as they love watching you as a basketball player.
4: Right, I mean, I think that when people can see that you're being yourself and it's not something that's forced for a camera or for an image, um, I think that it's easier to gravitate towards. And um, I just try to be myself. I don't go into it thinking I'm gonna be this tough guy or I'm gonna try to be this cool kid. I just go into it like I'm going to show my personality and whatever happens, happens, and it's, it's worked out for me so
1: far. I've seen you talk to those little kids before a game or, or after a game or whatever and it, you seem to be like a guy that even non-Wolfpack fans might root for. When you visit opposing courts, are they mostly nice to you or do they give you the same hard time that they give oh, everybody man. else? Um, from my experience, uh, most of the fans, they
4: always come up to me and they're like, you know we hate your school but we love you and before the game they I guess that's their way of like nicely distracting me they're like asked to take pictures and all kinds of crazy stuff and I'm like you would think that we were playing at PNC the way they treat me there so um, it's been all love
1: basketball skill big personality and I've read back in the day I don't know now but musical skill right tuba piano saxophone and the stand-up Bass. Yes, sir. Uh, is, is that still a part of your world, or is that mostly high school stuff?
4: Uh, I can still pull out some piano and some saxophone, but um, I never actually bought like my own bass. I had the one from the school. So once I got to high one, uh, once I finished high school, that was pretty much over with. Um, but as far as everything else, I can still play a little bit. Yes, sir.
1: Seven incoming transfers. Um, do you have a sense yet who looks most ready to help the Wolfpack the way you were ready right away a year ago?
4: Uh, really, all of them. Um, I really like um, Ben and Mo, the two bigs, the two new bigs, and um, Jaden Taylor. Those guys, um, they're going to come in and they're going to give that consistent effort every time. They're going to work hard and they made me better. And, um, you know, I feel like that's the dynamic that we really needed. Um, someone that could come in and push everyone. Everyone is able to push each other now. And. Um, I want to say Cam, Cam Woods, that's who I'm most excited to see this year, but um, we, we still, we're still pending.
1: Waiting for the NCAA waiver, he's talking about uh, North Carolina A&T transfer, yeah, um, Cam Woods who's waiting for an immediate eligibility transfer, we're not sure about that one yet. And when he says Ben and Moe, you gotta help me make sure I get these right, uh, that's Ben Middlebrooks, yes, sir, formerly ma'am. of Clemson, and is it Moe Diara, is yes, that how sir. to pronounce it? For sure. Uh, phenomenal junior college guy a couple years ago who came from uh, SEC country. So crazy part of your bio, maybe you've gotten this question today, maybe not. When I first saw you in like 2018, yeah. the top players in the state of South Carolina were, get this, Zion Williamson, Ja Morant, and DJ Burns Jr. Um, did you play with those guys, travel against those guys? Did you get to know them? Are they friends of yours? Obviously, they're both you know, in, in the big bucks world of the NBA right now.
4: Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't around Ja too much, but um, Zion, I played him twice, um, and you know, we played um, similar circuits, so I was always around them. But we weren't. We, I, I, wouldn't say we know each other personally, but we know of each other.
1: You got to experience the NCAA tournament last year. I mean, it seems like every young basketball player's dream. I know it didn't end the way you wanted, but how do you how do you describe just kind of that cherry on the top of a really good season last year? Uh,
4: it was phenomenal. Um, everything I wanted and could have asked for. Um, I've been a few times, but the first time I wasn't a player, I was a red shirt. The second time, um, the second two times, it was impacted by COVID. So we missed one year and then we didn't. um, Everything was too restricted this year, the the second year. So this year, um, it was definitely everything I could ask for. You got to experience
1: it with the full scope of things. It was amazing. As a dad myself, I have a feeling that both your mom and your dad raised you to be this very respectful guy, like I'd be proud if I was your dad. Just how, how you interact with people, I wonder Can you be nice to referees in a way that gets you the occasional call? Because Coach Keith says, DJ doesn't get the calls down low. DJ doesn't get the calls on the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, now, you're also working on not reaching and stuff like that, so it all goes together. But just right. give it, you seem like you smile at the refs too most of the time, unless it's a bad call. Yes, sir. Um, I'm
4: a pretty easy guy to get along with. Um, sometimes I do get frustrated, but I try not to take that out on them. You know, um, they have a lot going on, they have a lot to be looking for all at the same time. Um, And there wouldn't be three of them if it was an easy job to just take care of so I definitely understand but it it can be frustrating a little but they do they do their best and we definitely have the ultimate respect for them.
1: NC State big fella DJ Burns Jr is joining us on the David Glenn Show how do you outline your uh, goals for the season I mean everybody wants to win like an ACC title or national title get back to the NCAA tournament what's how do you sort of just frame that uh, I, align, I
4: align my goals with my work. Um, everything that I do is going oriented. what I want to get out of it um, and what positions I can put ourselves in to help our team win, and uh, that's how we line it up. Everything that we do is leading up to being able to win every single game that we're in and not just saying we want an ACC championship.
1: We want to win every single day. I admire your story. I appreciate you stopping by here at the David Glenn Show. Go ahead and give one more Wolfpack signal, yes, and we'll send it into David. his senior season. Thanks, DJ. You know
3: it. Sport Clips is like no other place you've ever gotten your haircut. Sports everywhere. TVs everywhere playing sports. And guys, smart stylists who know how to give you the haircut you want and the haircut you need. You don't ever need an appointment. Walk-ins are welcome and you'll walk out feeling like an MVP, guaranteed. Be sure to ask about the MVP experience as it's something you just can't put into words. Awesome haircut, hot steam towel, invigorating shampoo, neck and shoulder treatment. It takes a haircut and turns it into an event. Sport Clips, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. All right, our next guest is a veteran at Wake Forest University,
1: started all 33 games for the Demon Deacons a year ago. And I'm geeking out because even though I've been at this for 37 years, I have never met a coach, player, staff member from Westchester, Pennsylvania, until Andrew Carr. Welcome to the David Show. Thank you. Appreciate it. And even better, Andrew was a superstar at Westchester East High School. This might not be interesting to anybody besides me, but my family and I lived within walking distance of Westchester East High School. Andrew transferred to Wake from the University of Delaware, where my only brother attended. I went to Silesianum High School in Wilmington, Delaware, Delaware, and you and I probably have a whole lot in common. So let me just start with the normal, welcome to the
5: David Glenn Show. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. I'm doing great today. It's an awesome experience here.
1: Excellent. I'm glad we got to meet and cross paths. Um, Let's just start with something basic. I came to the South 37 years ago and I never moved back home. All my relatives are still up there. Are you like me in that you like more about the South, or do you still like more things about the Northern United States?
5: I think for me, it's more about the East Coast. So I'm alright, either North or South. Even though I love the South, um, you know, the one thing I would say, the, a lot of the stores close really early down here. Okay. Um, and that's all. That's the only name that I have possibly about the South so far. But. Um, I would say I think it's more of an East Coast thing for me. I love love myself some some of the East Coast. I think I want to stay there.
1: Did you have to shovel snow like in driveways <laughs> as a kid? Because that's one thing I don't miss about yes, New York. Yes,
5: definitely had to do that. You know, every every winter. Um, Not only my own driveway, but I have three siblings as well, so we were always set out to the whole neighborhood to try and, you know, shovel some other driveways as well.
1: (laughs) For those who don't know, Westchester, PA, which we have in common, is very close to the city of Philadelphia. One of the things I love about being down here, Andrew, is that it's a great mix of people love college sports, but also love pro sports. When I was growing up, it was all Philadelphia Phillies in baseball, right. Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL, right. even the Flyers in hockey. Did you grow up obviously an athlete, but were you also kind of a spectator rooting for those teams?
5: Yes, 100%. I still am. I think that kind of, uh, you know, rubbed off on me. I think Philly um, major sports and professional sports is, um, you know, credit to my dad probably, but a um, season ticket holder of the Eagles. Okay. Um, so I've been able to go to a bunch of Eagles games and um, just with my buddies going to, to other Philadelphia sports games. But it, like you said, has been definitely uh, the professional sports more than the college sports. It's kind um, of bred into you. It is, yeah. is.
1: Is your pecking order, where does it go after Eagles? Are you still rooting for any of those other teams?
5: Uh, for other in, Philadelphia? In Philly, yeah. yeah. So it definitely goes to Eagles. And then I say the Sixers, and then the Phillies, uh, and then the Flyers.
1: So your heart might not have broken as badly as mine did in Game Seven of the NLCS.
5: Yeah, it definitely was broken a little <laughs> bit. That's for sure, but probably not as much as yours.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you and dad, you and your dad, get to experience these things the way my son and I were able to travel to Minneapolis, Minnesota, when the Eagles beat the Patriots oh, cool. to win the Super Bowl. Right. Um, where were you for that? Or you might Bowl, have be yeah, basketball. We had
5: superstitions, man. Me and my—I was in high school at the time. You know, every every high school kid's dream is your favorite team, you know, winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, pretty cool. We had superstitions. Had to go to the same house, sit in the same spots, wear the same things, So then, the, when the Eagles won, something that was pretty cool that I was able to, you know, experience with my dad. We were able to go to the uh, the unveiling. Um, actually, that first game against the Falcons the next year after they won the Super Bowl. Um, so me and my dad were able to go to that, and um, just an awesome awesome game, awesome experience. Kind of won the game that next year the same way they, they beat the Falcons in, in yep. the playoffs the year before um, Julio missed, a, missed a, a toss-up at the end of the game, so it was a pretty co- awesome experience.
1: Wake Forest star Andrew Carr is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Uh, we see you guys travel in style, eat in style, you're kind of superheroes on campus are there any downsides to being a major high-profile college athlete and what would you add to the upside list it's probably a long list, right
5: um you know I think you know if you talk to some other people especially the height as well you just you, you interact with people um, whether you like it or not throughout when you're out in public and um, I think for me um, being strong in my faith being able to try and spread it as much light as I possibly can to be able um, to have those interactions with strangers that not a lot of people get to. I think, for me, I look at it as a blessing and as an opportunity to be able to, um, kind of, uh, better perspective on it, you know, just kind of try and uh, look at it in a positive light and just that you are able to to interact and meet people that most people normally wouldn't be able to, so.
1: A very good friend of ours here at the David Glenn Show is another DG, Dave Gorin, who you happen to have as a professor in a sports media oriented class what have you learned in there uh, and, and do you have any interest in terms of beyond basketball getting into sports media?
5: Yeah, you know, he's, he's been a, a great professor, it has got my, my Monday nights all, all booked up, you know, as a you know, student-athlete, you gotta find time to find your, your classes and luckily it worked out with him. Um, got to put together a sports package here for uh, in, in a couple of weeks, got to find a story and um, try to get my, my sound bites and everything that I need. Um, But, you know, I've learned a lot from it. I think, uh, for me, I definitely want to stay in sports, and um, I think I'd probably rather be uh, on the coaching side of it, not necessarily the media side, but um, definitely, When I was a kid, I went to a bunch of sports broadcasting camps and things like that. It was definitely something I was interested in for a while.
1: I think you could be good at it, so we'll file it after playing (laughs) and after coaching
5: maybe as a third option. Perfect.
1: All of us who watched Wake Forest basketball last year not only enjoyed you and a couple of other guys who are here in Charlotte, but Tyree Appleby. For sure. Uh, Of course, no more Tyree. I know he's playing pro ball now. What do you tell the fans or the media who are wondering what is next at the point guard position? Because somebody's got to get you the ball.
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think uh, this year we got a couple new transfers. And obviously, Boopy Boopy Miller. Um, he uh, is coming over from uh, Central Michigan, and then um, we got uh, Hunter Salas coming in from Gonzaga. I think that, and, and you know, Cameron Hildreth will help out a little bit at the point too. But those two guys will probably be our our main look at the point guard position. And I think. Uh, they've done a really good job of coming in and trying to you know take the reins of the, of the team be able to um, make sure everybody's organized that's a big part of what the floor, being a floor general out there you know that's a big part of what the point guard is is going to be out there to do so
1: we're talking to your coach today and he did go through a, a personal crisis obviously right. with the stroke of his wife how have you and the guys just handled that processed that or maybe tried to support your coach at a tricky time
5: yeah, you know, I think is um, is a unique, obviously different type of situation for for all of us. You know, um, you know, it's like an opposite situation. He's usually the one always supporting us and everything that we're doing. So for us to be able to try and um, be in a position to support him and give back it, is definitely something that was really important to us. And um, it was right about the time when the stroke happened um, that. We all went back home, so we knew that it was going to be even more important that when we got back to campus, that we were uh, that family that he, you know, he was looking for that support. Um, and even when he wasn't able to be around all of the guys, you know, it, it was an opportunity for all the, the older guys um, to step up in leadership and, and make sure we didn't miss a beat when uh, when he wasn't able to be there. So.
1: Andrew Carr of Wake Forest, but also Andrew Carr of Westchester, <laughs> Pennsylvania, Westchester East High School, and the University of Delaware previously. It's really been an honor for me, man. Thank it's you for awesome. representing Westchester and thank you for the time on the day. Thank Blitz you, man.
5: Show. I appreciate it. I'll be You're rooting, dove sea, man. The I'll be rooting sea. for
1: you and following you as
3: well. <laughs> thank you. You got it. The oldest restaurant in New Hanover County has a brand new look, feel, and taste, making it the number one place for great food in Wrightsville Beach. Owner Jimmy Galise and his wife Keaton have poured their hearts and soul into the reformation of this North Carolina coastal classic restaurant, and the impact has been fantastic. King Neptune serves fresh fish, chicken, and steak, and has an amazing wine and spirits to lift your dining experience to the make it the best at the beach. Come taste the creations of Chef Chavez, and you'll know that you have tasted a little bit of heaven right there in Wrightsville Beach. That's King Neptune. Call them at 910-239-3055 and make your reservation now. King Neptune in Wrightsville Beach, a proud partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the ACC tip-off event in Charlotte.
1: Our next guest is only a sophomore, but he was last year's Kyle Macy National Freshman of the Year. He was the ACC Freshman of the Year, he was the ACC Tournament MVP, he was All-ACC, and of course he was an ACC Champion. Kyle Filipowski, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
6: Thank you. I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm about 6 feet tall and 185 pounds, and I was in Italy this summer. Okay. The showers were too small for me. Yeah. The doorways were too small for me. Again, 6 feet tall. You're 7 feet-ish and much bigger than I in other ways, uh, is it more fun or more often a P-I-T-A to be your size?
6: <laughs> it's, I'd probably say it's more often a P-I-T-A. <laughs> I, I, think, I think in certain situations, you know, like large crowds and stuff, it, it's, it definitely comes in hand <laughs> with, with seeing over the crowds and stuff. But uh, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I never really travel abroad is because those countries, don't have don't have many things that I can work with well.
1: If I were your buddy at Duke and we wanted to meet up and it was chaotic, you could just say DJ look for me and help. Yeah, yep. I like that. That is you're looking at the plus side. I like exactly. that. How about airplanes, beds, showers, stuff oh. like that? Like the shower head hit my head in
0: in Italy. Yeah, at yeah. Six feet.
6: No, I mean I'm 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 basically in a defensive stance when I'm showering. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's that difficult and and don't even get me started with the airplanes.
1: Last year, 15 points per game, nine rebounds per game. You lead your team in both of those areas. A lot of folks saw you as an NBA first rounder. Simple question: Why come back to Duke rather than realizing that NBA dream one year earlier?
6: I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't want to ever get ahead of myself and look too far in the future, where you know it messes up what I want to do right now. And I think I just want to do what makes made me happiest, and that was to stay here for another year. And, you know, doing that, I, I know I still have a lot more to accomplish here at Duke while I'm still here, even though I, I may have these predictions of what I can do in the NBA, I know not to get too ahead of myself.
1: Guys older than I am, I'm not a senior citizen yet, <laughs> but, like, you hear the phrase hip surgery all the time with senior citizens. Even our buddy Mike Krzyzewski, right, could tell you about hip surgeries. Uh, you're a young man, not even 20 years old yet, right, um, mm-hmm. remind us. Why you needed hip surgery? Who all advised you to go forward to that? And then how close to 100% you are right now, which is r- what roughly six months after your surgery? Yeah,
6: yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm only getting better by the day, and I'm already feeling right now. I would say I'm feeling 100%, but I'm I'm feeling better what I felt like last year before the surgery. So that's why I would say 100%. But at the same time. Maybe I don't even know what 100% is yet because I haven't <laughs> gone there, but it, all I know is that it's better than when I was before. So it's a great feeling. And I mean, I had a, I, I talked over it with my agent and, and my coaches, no one trying to figure out what was best for me, just because uh, you know I had a restriction in the range of motion for my hips. So I needed to get my bone shamed down to where the ball fit in the socket and it wasn't um, you know more of a football shape.
1: I've heard Duke has some talented, skilled medical people, so I they think do. You're, you're, you're probably in good hands there. I am, yes. Hey, you are from a family of basketball players, right? So aunts and uncles, and I know your brothers at Harvard. But Dad, Dave, Mom, Becky were also both fairly high-level basketball players. How have they helped your basketball journey over the years?
6: Yeah, I mean, they definitely helped me with taking me to AU all those nights, uh, long road trips and stuff. but. It's been good because because being here i've been able to kind of just thrive on my own in in the college life and college situation so i've been able to you know really be independent and grow here on my own which has been pretty cool
1: i didn't know you at 12 or 15 etc but i assume you were always somewhat tall for your age Mm -hmm. there was a time years ago that if you were the biggest kid it'd be get down low catch the ball post traditional post player etc Has the world changed enough that even when you were 10, 12, 14, 16, um, assuming you were always big for your age, that some coach or maybe mom or dad said, no, my son's gonna be allowed to play on the perimeter even though he's the biggest guy.
6: Yeah, I think what helped me the most was having a twin that that was a little bigger than me. He he was always a little bigger than me. So it, it, it was hard because he was kind of the one getting stuck underneath the hoop more than me. Um, and I mean growing up I just naturally was getting comfortable ar- around the perimeter shooting threes and stuff and um, you know I've always had that part of my game for some reason um, and just kept, kept it with me.
1: Mom and dad must have been either smart themselves or helped you guys with the academic side of this whole endeavor because for those who don't know twin brother Matthew is at Harvard. Uh, like do you guys discuss basketball more or like could his classes be harder than yours or vice versa? We, uh,
6: this is the first time we've, we've really been away from each other, yes. so, so we've been able to kind of have our own spotlights, which has been good for us, um, but I mean, no, we don't, we don't really talk much about, about, uh, about classes or, or who's the smarter one. We have plenty of those discussions growing up.
1: When I introduced you. Basically, a lot of things that I would have on my checklist to achieve, you've already achieved. Now, obviously, you haven't achieved a national championship. Um, where is that among your list of goals? Uh, as a lot of people are assuming, of course, even if you haven't decided officially that this is going to be your last year in mm-hmm.
6: Duke. Yeah, that national championship is number one, without a doubt. That, you know, I've, I've, it's been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. That's probably my first dream of since playing basketball is, is winning a national championship in college. And it wasn't, to play in the NBA obviously that's still a dream of mine but first one that I can remember was the the uh, national championship so just that and obviously the individ- individual accolades will come along too hopefully with that with you know ACC player of the year and national player of the year things like that
1: I'm old enough to have covered your coach back when he was a player at Duke. <laughs> Remind me, is number 30 Shire, number 30 Filipowski coincidence or is there a lot of meaning behind that?
6: No, there's definitely some meaning behind it. I, I, I wanted to wear a number that meant something to me um, and and I think just being Shire's, Coach Shire's first commit um, for him being head coach, you know, that was definitely something special and. You no, know, it'll, it'll stick with me for the rest of my life, and I'm sure with him as well. And you know, just want to have some significant meaning behind it.
1: Last thing for Kyle Filipowski, the greatest of all time, you kind of missed by one year, right? But he's still around. So what uh, what do you get to enjoy of Mike Shishovsky, even though he's technically not your head coach?
6: I, I get get to get to listen to his jokes when he's around. He's he's a pretty funny guy, and you know, he just enjoys to. You know kind of lay back and and observe and you know there are times when he definitely does give some advice but he tries to make it uh joking as as well so it's not as serious kyle
1: filipowski thanks for letting us enjoy you one more year as an acc basketball player and thank you for the time on the david lynch
6: absolutely thank you for having me
1: you got it the seven footer from duke kyle filipowski in sports we talk a lot about impact players who make a positive difference When it comes to our state's economy, the North Carolina pork industry is a true MVP. Each year, the pork industry plays an important role in supporting rural communities across our state. It contributes more than $10 billion a year to the North Carolina economy and supports more than 44,000 jobs. Learn more about their positive impact at ncpork.org. The North Carolina Pork Council, the foundational partner of the North Carolina Sports Network. Back here at the ACC Tip-Off event in Charlotte, our next guest is from Sydney, Australia. He represents the Australian national team, and of course he also represents the Duke Blue Devils. He is their sophomore point guard, last year a member of the ACC's all-freshman team, and he recently received the honor of being named a team captain one of the first sophomores in program history to get that captainship. Speaking of Tyrese Proctor, Tyrese, welcome to the David Glenn Show. As a young person in Australia, you tried cricket and basketball, of course, but also soccer and baseball. Be honest, were you good at all of them right away?
0: Uh, Cricket, I wasn't the best, I can't lie. Uh, Soccer and baseball, I I I was definitely tossing up between those three. Um, But, you know, just fell in love with basketball and and stuck with it.
1: Now, I know your dad played college ball in the USA, Mm -hmm. pro ball in Australia, where I guess he met your mom. Yes, yes. Uh, Was dad's influence what pulled you toward basketball, or was it just, you know, growing to six foot five?
0: Uh, I mean, I was definitely, you know, around uh, when dad was playing and always at a stadium, always had a ball in my hand. Um, He never really forced it on me, it was always just natural and. And just something that, you know, I grew up playing and and loving and and have continued to play it. And then the hype came with it. So it added a a bonus for sure. So mom is Australian. Dad, American roots. Uh, Was she at like one of his
1: games and that's how they met? And and then how Uh, did they decide whether to put roots down in Australia or the USA?
0: Um, So they actually met at a party and then, um, you know, they lost contact for a bit. He went back to America for a little bit. And then uh, he ended up coming back out and, and they got back in touch and and so sort of been been with each other since. Um, and what was the second part you asked? Um, I think you answered it. Uh, uh, two years ago you uh-huh. attended
1: something called the NBA Global Academy. What is that and what did you learn there?
0: Yeah, so the NBA Global Academy is a, it's a program um, that's under the NBA, uh, NBA sponsored and, and all that. Um, there's a couple of different ones around the world. There's one in India, Latin America, China, Um, Africa, and the global one is in Canberra, in in Australia, and it's pretty much, you know, we select the best out of all the players from all the other academies and and have a team. Um, There's five Australians on the team, the rest are international kids, and and you know we travel around the world and play and I mean for me it was really good just leveling up my game you know playing against guys older than me and and more physical and and stuff like that and but also just the exposure piece obviously being in Australia and not having the AAU and and all that type of basketball with exposure so just getting you know playing around the world I played in France Hungary I was in America a lot and, and just getting the exposure was really good for me. I know
1: the NBA is a global game, so that was on your radar probably as a young guy. Is college basketball also a big thing in Australia?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's developed uh, over the years a lot more. Um, There's many different routes that kids in Australia are taking now, whether it's professionally straight away, NBL, G League, um, I mean, straight to the NBA is a choice as well, but I feel like college is becoming a lot more common, especially guys in the academy. Um, A lot more guys are committing to to schools, Division One schools that I've seen that, that I, uh, I was in the academy with. So I feel like now it's really starting to take off with Australian basketball and a lot more people are playing college basketball.
1: Duke's Tyrese Proctor is joining us here on the David Glenn Show. It's cool to represent Duke. You walk around with that on your chest. It's got to be cool to represent your country, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're asked to be on the senior national team. I know you were part of, not only a part of, but one of the stars on the FIBA Asia Cup. So you're a gold medalist yeah. for your home country. What, I mean, you're happy to be an ACC champion as yeah, well, but everything's sure. a little different. What's it like to be that for your country?
0: Yeah, it was huge. Um, that was really my first first big Australian tournament. Just because of COVID and and all the stuff that happened with that, I wasn't able to travel. Um, but I mean, it was it was a it was a blessing. Um, went went to Indonesia. Was with a lot of the you know the, the boomers that that play on the boomers today and. Um, had a training camp before and went over won a gold medal. Uh, we were undefeated at that tournament and uh, I mean like you said I was a key guy on that team and, and played a big role coming off the bench and you know, I knew my role and finished games the way I needed to and I mean I just had a good time overall. It was a really fun experience and, and something I'll never forget. A funny part of your bio is that you were on the preseason list a year ago for the Jerry West Award,
1: which goes to a shooting guard. Well, here you are, your guy with a two-to-one assist-turnover ratio. I mean, you're six-five or so, but you're, aren't you? Don't you view yourself as a point guard now, both at Duke and at the next level?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think a big, big thing last year when Jeremy went down in that uh, Purdue game, um, and I sort of had to take over the, the point guard position. I played point guard my whole life, and. I mean, it just comes naturally. My dad was a point guard, and and obviously Coach Shire was a point guard, so you know we always always communicated on that, and um, I just feel like it's it's my natural position; it's what I'm, I'm best at. How do you
1: get to be an 87 plus percent free throw shooter?
0: I mean, I think it's just reps, it's time, knowing knowing how important free throw uh, free throws are. My dad would always emphasize how important they are, so that's something that I that I always remembered and, and took took really big pride in. Um, you know, free throws win games and, and that's just how it is, so just making sure I'm a- elite free throw shooter.
1: I mentioned earlier, Duke has only asked four sophomores in the history of the program to be a team captain. Now, Jeremy Roach, we would have guessed, uh, the veteran Ryan Young, we might have guessed. What did that mean to you, that you get to wear that jersey but also have that captain seat?
0: No, it's an honor. Um, I'm I'm very honored to be named captain by my teammates and coaches. Um, Whether I was titled captain or not, I was still gonna have to be a leader on the team, being Duke's point guard and, and having to be that vocal leader on the court running the team you know being in the back of Shire's ear and you know us communicating on court so you know I'm honored but regardless of captain, non-captain, I was still going to be a leader on this team and, and help us this year.
1: You were very good last year but you were much better at the end of the year compared to the beginning of the year. What did you and coach Shire Circle as your off-season focus for improvement?
0: Yeah just getting a lot more reps up. Um, shooting off the dribble, catch a shoot, just really drawing my jump shot. You know the mechanics are all good it's just getting reps up now. Um, confidence was always there, so just keep getting a lot of reps up. Um, another big thing was just my ball handling, you know, getting the speed up to up to date, and, and yeah, those are mainly two things.
1: You missed the greatest coach of all time by one year. Uh, just tell us, is Mike Shoshevsky a part of your life, even though technically he's not your head coach?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Coach K is always around the facilities uh, at practices. You know, might bump into him in a hallway, walk around campus, but you know he's given me some great advice, especially last year. Just speaking to him here and there, and um, you know, he's Coach K, so you know he he's been through it. He's been through every level of basketball. So just you know, picking picking his brain and, and just talking to him about what I can do better. As we let you go,
1: a couple of your old teammates, Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead. I don't know if they send you messages about life in the NBA now that they're first round draft picks. A lot of folks have you as a lottery pick next year. Um, do you view this as your last year at Duke with an eye on the NBA?
0: I mean, you know, NBA is my goal. It's always been my goal, whether it's my first freshman year, whether it was last year, this year, next year, whether I stay all four years. Um, you know, I just want to win, and I want to be a, a winner, known for being a winner. And, um, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer my time will come, and whether it is this year or next year, uh, I'm just happy for my, you know, to see my growth as a player, and, and uh, I just want to win games. Tyrese
1: Proctor of Duke, thank you for your time thank on the you, David Glenn Show.